All right, welcome to our monthly talent advancement gathering here. It is camp season, it is vacation season, but we have an incredible group here uh, on this morning. And uh, the topic we're gonna cover today is both the communication and giving of direction and also the receiving of direction from others and some hopefully rich discussion. But with that, Mike, would you kick us off in prayer? I would be happy to, Jeff. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're just so blessed to be part of this organization and so thankful for the time together today. And we just ask that you open doors to us to add more people to this staff that can join this wonderful group of Christian brothers and sisters who work on a daily basis to further your kingdom, to reach coaches and athletes with the word of your son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you bless our time, guide us, and bless our strategy. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I, I pray that we each have an opportunity to share this morning and so, uh, so we can learn from one another. So I would ask this question early that you can think about, but consider a time where you received direction from someone, um, a superior, a supervisor, um, where you felt like they did it really well, and maybe an example of a time where you received uh, some direction or directions specifically that that wasn't the way that you really wanted to be uh, provided that direction, right? Whether it was a good idea or not, something you needed to do or not, maybe the style in which it was presented uh, didn't lend to you know, effective communication, I guess we'll put it that way. So I was thinking about this. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about this in the context of supervisor and staff, right? Giving and receiving. But I got to thinking about this. What are the examples of this um, relationship of authority uh, to those that receive, right, the, the authority from that person or the direction from that person. And so here's this hierarchy uh, that I came up with, and it's not, a, it's not perfect, but bear with me for a moment. So we've talked about, you know, uh, supervisor and staff, but what are other examples where you'll receive direction from somebody? Um, maybe God provides us direction, right, as his children. How does he give that? How do we receive it? Um, a military officer, to a soldier, how does he or she give it and how does he or she receive that? My goodness, we're a sports ministry. What about a coach to an athlete, right? How do you coach and provide direction to an athlete and how do athletes receive the direction they're getting? Supervisor and staff, and then a, a more nuanced one maybe is um, staff to a volunteer, right? It's different. There isn't the authority that you have, but rather request that's being made. So I thought, how can we do this most effectively so that we can achieve the goal that God's you know, presented, the idea that he's given us, right, that we want to, to go achieve? And so I thought about when you receive direction from someone, I guess you have a choice whether to obey or disobey, <laughs> Mike showing the Holy Bible. So when you have this opportunity, I thought about first, what does disobedience lead to? Um, confusion. This is, by the way, is from uh, Dr. Charles Stanley. Uh, confusion, there's a cost oftentimes or a loss that occurs. Uh, regret, pain, uh, disaster, and maybe you get disciplined as a result of it. Um, and I'll add death, right? Could be a part of that uh, if we disobey. And then obedience. I thought, okay, on the, on, the, on the plus side here, right, on the upside, what can obedience lead to? And that is blessings rewards from God in that context, progress on what it is you're looking to achieve, uh, love, right? Honor for the authority figure that's there, 
uh, fruit of whatever those labors are. And I believe it leads to trust as you obey as well. And so one thing I wanna make clear here is that you know, the, the disobedience may occur not out of willful disobedience, but out of a number of other things that could happen. For example, poor direction, uh, not communicating that well. And yes, there is willful dis disobedience. That's a different uh, conversation as well. But how can we make sure that we're providing the direction to our staff and then making sure that we as staff are receiving from our supervisors best? So in scripture, certainly there's something about obedience that's in there. First uh, John 5, 2 and 3. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Sorry, so there's biblical basis for this notion of commands that come and for us to receive them and obey. Second uh, John 6, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So, I appreciate that God gives us these commands and we have not only the opportunity, um, but also the obligation to obey, right? Those commands. And do we do it hundred percent? No, we don't. Um, we're broken, fallen uh, men and women here. But I was thinking about what's happened over time. And uh, if you guys will allow me to draw upon some of my parenting experience here as well, I was thinking about this very unscientific uh, approach or analysis that I've done. So I decided that maybe somewhere between, if you're a child that grew up in the 50s to maybe the 80s, if the parents asked you to do something, you did it, by and large. Uh, and, and if a teacher asked you to do something, you did it. And there may have been uh, you know, a ruler, I've heard stories, a rap on the wrist, uh, certainly not today, uh, as far as I know, but you did that. And then I, I think maybe in the 80s or 90s, if you were growing up, this was this transition period whereby kids were asking more questions. We're wondering maybe why certain things were required to be done, um, maybe challenging teachers in some environments. And then maybe in the 2000s to now, more and more parents ask, kid goes, why? Why should I do that? It's not, you do it because your parents said so. Uh, and the teacher may say that. And by the way, I think a coach might ask something as well. And the athlete might go, well, why? Uh, different, again, when I was growing up, a coach said, you did, period. Um, and then I think that comes into the workplace. A supervisor asks somebody to do it, and the question naturally becomes, why? So we'll open up to discussion here in a moment. Um, but here's, you know, what does the above mean if we've gone from this do without questioning, which, by the way, I might suggest is not best, to this environment now where there's... Um, a, a, a always question or many times questioning of why, which may not be best, but I think there's something in the middle there that is. So how as a supervisor do you best provide direction and how does a, a, a supervisee or direct report do you receive that best? So this is, uh, I mentioned uh, previously that I had some coaching from an executive coach and he was drawing upon the leadership of General Mathis. And so this, this really kind of, uh, this was a very poignant uh, point that was made to me here. How best to provide direction? Here's the quote. Great leaders give direction, not directions. Say that again. Great leaders provide, give direction, not directions. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I appreciate being given direction, not always how to do it or the specific directions. I was like, okay, I got that. So 
This is what Mathis, uh, General Mathis says. Um, to, to set a commander's intent that gives team members three things. One, a clear sense of why a task is important. So one, why is a task important? What it will result in and where the boundaries are. So why, what will it result in and what are the boundaries? And so these three steps are, when you provide direction, you wanna connect something to a bigger picture. In other words, you're sort of giving the why before the question is even asked in this instance, right? So provide that, that bigger picture. The second is the so that, so, so that this objective is accomplished. Um, you know, why do I want you to reach out to so-and-so? Well, it's because they are a connector and we're trying to get into this facility for a camp. Oh, okay, now I understand this so that, so that we can hold the power camp, so that we can hold the leadership camp that's coming up. And let's say, for example, as you're reaching out to that person, it turns out they're no longer there, but the new person that runs that facility, they can connect you to, you don't need to go back to the supervisor again and go, well, I tried to call Sally, but she's not there. Now what? Well, you wanted me to get the connection to that facility, now I already have it. So you don't have to constantly check back in, you know what the end game is. So as we're providing direction, let's provide this so that, so they understand the context. And lastly, General Mathis talks about, um, and again, he's talking military here, but I think this directly applies to what we're doing. What are the boundaries? Are there budgetary boundaries? Are there timing boundaries? Um, are there certain people that we want to connect with and others maybe we, um, it's not, not yet the time, right, to introduce them to whatever the concept is. And then ultimately, they are all within the boundary of the values, okay? We have our core values and the norms of the organization. How does FCA do this, right? So, uh, so my question is for us, number one, have you received, you know, think back to the direction that you received that was um, maybe not as clear and, and you didn't receive it as well as maybe the person had hoped they were giving it to you. What's the example of it? And on which of these things might it have fallen down? Maybe what, one of these things wasn't exhibited. Has everybody received perfect direction each time they've been asked something? I can chime in a bit. This is, it goes back a ways, but back when I worked at a television station, which is behind the scenes is a lot of technical stuff. And they would sometimes just tell us how to do something. You just do this and this and this, and this will come out. So you'd have, in that instance, they didn't necessarily offer why. Some people did, but most didn't. They just wanted the, the work done, but I wanted to understand why, because I don't know how the brain works, but that just brings a fuller concept of this is, this is why it makes sense to do it this way. Otherwise this will happen. So I had to ask those questions. And sometimes that why doesn't get received, even though the heart's in the right place, it doesn't get received well, because they just think we're questioning orders, but it's, I just want to understand that's all. That's good. I think of, as, as you guys think of more, and, and this will be helpful as you guys share more, um, you know, our son Brady plays lacrosse both for FCA and for, for other teams as well. And he's accustomed to, and plug for FCA lacrosse, right? He's used to a coach asking to do something, doing it, but the opportunity is there when he comes off the field to ask why, right? So he'll go, hey, this is what I was seeing 
in this instance. And, and so I'm wondering why you want us to do this. Shouldn't we maybe do this instead? And the coach can respond with two things. One, Brady, I have a broader perspective and I see what's happening. And here's why we're going to continue to do that because you don't see the backside cut, whatever it is. Or the coach goes, man, I didn't see that. You're right. We should shift and do this instead. Okay. So that's one example of a healthy exchange. He's had other experiences where he's come home and gone, dad, I asked the coach why, because I'm used to FCA and they, and the coach says, shut up and do it. Literally. He's like, what do you do with that? Right? So where are we on that? Right? As we provide direction, are we providing the why or what have you guys experienced maybe in one of those ways if that story made sense? Jeff, I think that the story makes a lot of sense. I think we've all been in that, that situation. I'm going to back up one sec because I've had great um, direction and I've had really horrible direction in my career. I think it really starts with relationship and building trust with who you're communicating with. And then secondly, and this is all before the direction piece, is communication. So open communication. Once you have that relationship and you have trust, obviously you can go right to the do it and you'll probably get a much better result. The communication part is, is really the, the two way and making sure the understanding is there and the why may come out even before the direction piece um, and then the direction piece. So just kind of having that two way back and forth so that there's a full understanding. A lot of times it's just, you know, it may not be well communicated or the understanding may not be how to do it. Um, so more than the why it may not just, they may not know how to, um, so having that trust so that they feel comfortable saying, Hey, I don't know how to do that. Uh, and then walking through and, and the why. So I like it. I got notes. Pastor Frank. You see that hand? Um, yeah, I, I, this is great, Jeff. I love it. And um, I was just thinking, you know, you said military and it brought me back to my military, you know, basic training. They teach you when I say jump, you say how high, <laughs> period. Like, and I think, you know, you just do it. You don't ask why. I just said do it. And you ask me how high, how to do it. You know, the 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 why is not important. Obviously, that's a different game when you're talking about leadership. You know, you want to explain the why. Everything that pattern you said is fantastic. I would just like to add from a place as a supervisor or being supervised, I think the boundary has to be understood on the front end as well. You know, if we're coworkers and I'm the lead or whatever, then, you know, I may have a little bit more information um, or we're peers and I'm just bringing a suggestion or am I like being a held accountable to do things, which you would still say the why, but I think sometimes it has to, you know, that has to be understood. If I'm asking my boss why, it's not like so much that he owes me an explanation to whether I'm going to do it or not. You know what I'm saying? I just want to know, I want to do it right. You know, so I think, I think the boundaries on the front end is very important on how we ask 
But when you're a good leader, you're a good leader. So it's great when, you know, Shane wants to tell me what to do and tell me why we do it. Even though, like, I even see that, like, Shane, praise God, like, we raising money. So I think there's a sensitivity in all this, but then there's a buy-in for us to understand why there's supervision, why FCA has a, an MO, and why we want to stick to our mission and vision, and why we have a flow chart and structure so we could be on the same page. Um, you know, I want to let you know why we want to do things and stuff. So, I, you know, it's different than the workforce. Uh, um, you know, uh, it's a little why because you want to get paid on Friday. That's an appropriate answer. <laughs> You know, but anyway, just just some thoughts about the boundaries on the front end and understanding that. So that said, um, should we operate more like a, a military operation? Should we act uh, more like the the workplace where the marketplace where you're you're told and you do? The kingdom of God is not. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think we operate as a family. You know, as, like even. I have ultimate authority over my daughter, but I always want her to know why, because I want her to grow as a person, you know, so just coming into it, there was times where I was snippy and she was showing attitude and she said, why? And I said, cause I said, so like, you know, you, <laughs> why, you know, you keep at, I know the why is coming from a place of rebellion as opposed to coming from a place of desired growth. So I'll tell you, you know, I pass back. I, that, you're illustrating a beautiful point there. And we raised it earlier, which is sometimes that why question will lead us to a better answer, right? So for us to think as a supervisor that we know best, we tell them what to do and provide directions, right? And we say, you know, we squash the why. Might we not get to the best part, right? Which is somebody goes, hey, thanks for the direction. I want to clarify why. And what if we took this approach instead? And you go, I never thought of that. So are we cultivating the opportunity for people to ask those clarifying questions? Are we providing context, right? As General Mathis said, are we, are we showing this so that the people understand the boundaries as we're communicating? That's the responsibility of the supervisor and creating the culture, the environment that people can ask why. Now, the natural transition is, as you're receiving these direction or directions, is it always appropriate to ask why? And number two, um, is it important how you ask why? I see some heads nodding here because if, if we go back to the to the children, if, if, you, if you can tell, and Marta said, you know, is is where is that question coming from, right? Is it coming from a place of rebellion, or you're not going to tell me what to do? And by the way, what if you're a peer of somebody's, but you're still leading in a, in a task that you're partnering on? You don't have authority over that person necessarily, right? And so. Um, I can see that. And, and number two, but how you ask that question back for clarification, I think is incredibly important. <clears throat> As a parent, if our child comes to us with a question, uh, it really does make a difference to me how it's asked versus is this just the rebellion piece? So, so I think that's good. So good, Jeff. Like in, going back to military, the way we ask is permission to speak, sir. So, you know, I mean, I love the military. It works, you know, like, and it's basically saying, hey, I understand that you have the authority and you gave me a directive. I understand that you're the supervisor and you're my commanding officer or whatever. 
So when I say why, from the heart, I'm starting off with like, I already understand. So I'm even asking for permission to speak. And that's just the way we are. And it says permission granted. And be like, man, I think such and such, blase, blase, this, that, and the third. And so it's coming from a place of, hey, man, I'm not questioning it. I'm letting you know my heart. And sometimes you could just say permission to speak and just be like off kilter, just disrespectful, whatever, you know. But but it it kind of like puts the the pecking order in that's again on the boundaries on the front there. Sorry, I'm passionate about this. I like it. That's good. And to add into that, um, I've I've never worked for an entity where the job, quote unquote, may is more of a family than anything else. So if we're talking the concept of FCA specifically, whether I'm talking to Nathan as a supervisor, as he's a supervisor, or Tony or Shara as they're my supervisees, you know, I should going back to kind of what Ed was saying. We should have that relationship that, you know, this is a churchy word. We should be tender hearted, soft hearted so that we know how to. We should know how to ask why of our supervisors and they should know that when we're coming to them with why it's just we just want to understand what the not what the big deal is, but what difference does that make, you know, and in a good way. And at the same time, when we receive that question from someone else. You know, if we don't explain it in the time, but if someone asks us, they should know, we should know that they're coming out of place from understanding, but it all goes back to that relationship piece, which, which Ed said. So in this family context, as we get to know our supervisors and supervisees, that should take care of itself, you would think anyway. I think it goes a long way, Mark. You're absolutely right. Other thoughts from the, the group? One of the challenges, particularly with the largest staff, you know, I'm going back on my education days, if there's no why given, people start making up their own whys. And then you start having all, you know, especially with a large staff, then you, you know, that, that just stirs the pot and, and not in a good way. And no, not stir the pot, that's more, more kick in the hornet's nest than anything. Um, so you don't want people making up their own whys um, because that can create the complete opposite effect of looking what you're at for what you're after. That is so good. And by the way, I haven't met a person that isn't good at filling the absence of information with their own story, right? And making their own why. That is just, I don't know, maybe I hang out with all the wrong people, but man, I'm, I, like a, I have a PhD in, in filling that in there, which is no good. So that's a great point. Others. Hey, Jeff, the only other word that came to mind is we were chatting in this conversation um the word that just keeps coming back that we we possess because the holy spirit lives within us um that is unique to us as christians that we should be able to extend in more ways to one another that than than the average human being that lives on this planet and that is the word grace and i i really just believe that that is an element that even in the church today on Christian circles is getting lost as we rub shoulders with the world and we see a world that needs the bottom line and wants answers quickly and wants expect everybody's offended by everybody. And there's, there's, you know, always an, an offense being taken, you know, this element of grace 
in, in recognizing either whether you are the supervisor or the supervisee that, you know, we have this opportunity to extend a simple, you know, hey, I, I know your heart. I don't quite understand what it is that you're communicating. So can you please help me understand mentality as opposed to, you know, drawing our own conclusions that could um, create further problems? I would hate to think of a day where I ended up on one of these Zoom trainings and just had to talk to you guys and not receive from you. So this is what makes this stuff really rich. Um, all the all the points that I'm learning from here. Well, gang, let me lay on this plane here as we come up on time. Um, a few points that I had, and then you guys added sweeter ones to it. So I think about this as we are leading, as we're providing direction. Let's do it with clarity, right? Uh, let's provide the why, setting that context and the, the so that pieces. Maybe a follow-up email or text. If you feel like maybe that conversation that maybe you miscommunicated something, you weren't on your best, maybe you were distracted when providing direction, uh, maybe following with an email or text, putting it in writing would be helpful uh, for somebody and they can go, oh, I sort of missed that or thanks for clarifying that. Providing that opportunity for feedback is critical, I believe. So we can get to a better way of doing something, maybe what you even had. And with that, be willing to consider the alternatives that are proposed to you. And how do we best receive direction here? Uh, I've heard this before, uh, be quick to listen and slow to speak, right? So let's for a moment uh, appreciate that maybe the supervisor has more information on that. Let's just take it in and um, maybe it's a follow-up conversation after uh, to clarify it, letting it sort of just um, marinate for a moment. Why, why was that uh, being asked of you? And maybe it becomes clear on its own. People talked about this. I had it. Trust. So critical. The word relationship uh, was shared as well. And then also determine as you're receiving these, is this open for discussion or is this just one of those, I just need to go get it done. And it's okay sometimes for it to be just one of those, can you just go get it done? Can you put toner in the printer, please? I mean, there's just some stuff that doesn't require, so that we can print, so that we can do camp flyers. I mean, that's just, there's some clarity there. And if there is confusion or you don't believe that proper context has been set, just respectfully approach. Pastor Frank, you said it. Where's the question coming from? If it's a way that I want to get to that answer the best way, then let's do that. So words that you guys said as well, relationships, trust, open communication, setting those boundaries on the front end. Um, and I love all of this is to avoid people making up their own whys, which can be incredibly dangerous. And then I think it wasn't by accident that Dave cl closed us with this notion of extending grace. Um, and that's bi-directional, right? That's both for the supervisor and those receiving the direction. So Lord, thank you for the time this morning. Thank for you. Thank you for the experiences that you've given each one of us. And thank you for, for, for the willingness for each staff to share those things so that we can all learn and grow. Father, I pray that we would take what we've learned here today um, to all of the relationships that we have in the context of FCA. And Lord, what a, what a fun one to explore with volunteers and board members as well, that they're just faithfully uh, supporting us. And how can we best uh, provide the direction to them over and above those staff that we have responsibility for, or for those of us that are staff that are responsible to receive the direction, Lord. Father, we just accept your direction, the boundaries that you've set forth. Let us follow you more closely, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.